And we are live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Standouts. I am your co-host, Sam Deering. Uh, with me, as always, is my awesome co-host, Caleb Skinner. Caleb, how's it going tonight, man? It's going good, man. Um, just, you know, same old, same old working. Um, just been working on my car that I just got, so that's exciting news as well. Um, other than that, man, we got our, our 3.0 mock draft tonight. I'm excited to see where both of our teams end up picking in this one. Um, you did it last time, so you graciously let me do it this time, and I'm really excited about that. So uh, you guys will see kind of where my brain is at, even though Sam does agree with some of my picks. Yeah, I mean, the last time we did our picks was probably like winter break. I mean, I guess my winter break. But, yeah, I mean, last time we did our mock was before all this, all these quarterback moves started happening. So, um, you know, before we get uh, before we get into our mock, um, let's take a look at the bottom ticker here. You got the my bookie, um, Caleb. Whatever I'm missing, please please feel free to hop in. But um, USM 100, my bookie. You get double double off your first, double your first deposit, um, as well as RX Hemp. I know Caleb's bigger into that as I I am. I, I am a lifter. I'm surprised I don't really use that as much. But um, you use what is it? USN RX Hemp dash USN RX Hemp. Thank you. RX Hemp dash USN. You get 10 percent off your purchase. Um, as well as the Patreon. Um, I want to say it's $1 or $2 a month. Um, um, and there, I think it goes up to five to 10. Uh, if you want to be so kind and donate to us as well, I want to say you get in the discord as well. Um, talk to some of the contributors and the directors. Um, it's awesome. So we got, we got some very talented people here. Um, like myself, like Caleb included, but there there's multiple people in this group that go unnoticed with the talent. So, um, Caleb, did I miss anything? <laughs> Oh, no, you pretty much nailed it. Um, just with that Patreon, you know, you get entered into a jersey giveaway um, if you're on the $10 level each and every month, a signed jersey. Um, so that's awesome. So this past month, we had Keenan Allen um, was an awesome signed jersey. It was the turquoise blue jerseys that the Chargers have. This upcoming month, though, guys, we have um, David Montgomery, Bears running back. So that's a pretty cool one, too. So if you're a Bears fan out there listening, um, go check that out. Join Discord for 10 bucks. Enter into that drawing. That alone makes it worth it, in my opinion, um, just to be entered into that drawing for that. Um, and then also at the 5 and $10 level, you get entered into a $10 Amazon gift card giveaway, too. So um, just kind of the perks that we give you guys for joining that Patreon and supporting the network and everything of that nature. So we really do appreciate it. Sweet. Let's um, well, I mean, without further ado, let's let's dive into this mock draft 3.0. Like last time, we're gonna highlight you know 10 to 12 guys, um, you know, stand out to us. So, um, there, there is no trades for this one. Um, well, I want to get to trades eventually, but there is no trades for this one. But a lot of surprising mm -hmm. picks that we went over. Um, so like Caleb said, I did the last one, and you know, Caleb's got Caleb's got a big one for us now today. So um, you know, let's let's start with number two, uh, Caleb. I'll let you start with this. This is yours. Um, you know, Zach Wilson to the Jets. Yeah, um, a lot of people might be surprised by that. A lot of people might not, depending on what side of the you know spectrum you're on and determining what happens with Aaron or not Aaron Donald, excuse me, Sam Darnold um, there in New York um, with Gase gone. Obviously, new coaching staff. They might want to completely start over here. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about. Zach Wilson or um, Justin Fields have Ohio State and, you know, who should be the number two guy. I think, you know, Zach Wilson ultimately just has a lot more fluff to him, has a lot more playmaking ability than so does Justin Fields. So um, Zach Wilson and the New York Jets makes a lot of sense, in my opinion, um, especially if they're thinking about moving on from Sam Darnold and being able to get a quarterback that they can see and be able to work with instead of, you know, a certain type of quarterback in the system. So Zach Wilson could do a whole lot of different things other than just sit back and throw the ball. 
I'm not saying Sam Darnold can't be successful at, at another team or another organization, but um, Zach Wilson here to the Jets makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I like them taking, you know, um, the quarterback out of BYU. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the side of they need to keep Darnold. I don't think Darnold's their problem. Um, either take Sewell at two or trade down for more draft capital. I'm going to continue to say that. But it seems very adamant that a quarterback at two is going to happen. Um, I mean, they're list, they've been listening to offers. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't I don't know how aggressive it is. I seems be like in the in the um, trade um, in the trade market for him. I've a lot of rumors. Uh, you know, the teams like um, the Chicago Bears. Um, but you know, I mean, you have a new coaching staff, um, like Robert Sala joining the crew, um, and a guy that guy that's highly respected around the league. And, um, I think a lot of people are to the point where Robert Sala is going to want a fresh start in New York. So I think Zach Wilson does make a lot of sense here. Um, I thought you left for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. I was just putting you on because you were the one talking. So I was just trying something. I was trying something new out. But yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson makes a lot of sense. Um, I've seen, even if you look at Mox, you see more of Zach Wilson at two than you do. Um, then you do Justin Fields, unless of course you got a team like the Carolina Panthers trading up for a quarterback. Um, but I like this pick. It makes sense, especially if a new coach in Robert Sala is going to want a fresh start with his new head coach, with his new team. Um, and that's Zach Wilson out of BYU. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think Sala will, he's kind of, you know, more player related, relatable type of coach mm -hmm. instead of like an Adam Gase per se. So I think putting a personality like Zach Wilson into the Jets and what their coaching staff is going to and be like in that locker room is going to be very, you know, beneficial. I think way more beneficial than it would have been when with Gase and Sam Darnold in that locker room. I think that leads to success when you have a trust and a respect there for your head coach. And that wasn't there with the Jets before. And I think, you know, taking Zach Wilson here instead of somebody like a Justin Fields, you kind of change that perception because, I mean, just depending, I mean, we'll see how the pre-draft the pre-draft process goes with these guys because you kind of can get a feel for their type of personalities. But I think Zach Wilson's more of a raw, raw type guy. And Justin Fields is a more, you know, I'm going to show by what I do. Um, and, you know, you can kind of have see that both from Zach Wilson. You don't really see the rah-rah, like I'm the leader type guy from Justin Fields. And I think that can kind of bring some worries about when it comes to the draft process and, and for certain teams here. So I like, uh, you know, the Jets trying to get their guy at number two, um, Zach Wilson out of BYU. And, you know, before we go on, just one quick point here. I mean, I think a lot of, quarterbacks like the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. Um, I personally think Alex Smith is done, but I think it'd be really cool to see Alex Smith turn into a Ryan Fitzpatrick guy going from team to team on this one year deal. Um, if I'm the Jets and I'm taking Zach Wilson, I am looking at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in for at least a year for Zach Wilson to sit behind. Um, and, but I mean, there's like I mentioned before, I mean, everyone probably saw it. Chris Sims, there's, Probably he's probably not the only one. He's got Zach Wilson as his QB one. So um, QB two conversation definitely heated up throughout the season. Still is, but I mean now the QB one conversation's heating up. I personally still think it's Trevor Lawrence, but um, it's really interesting to see people's lists. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would put Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence as the number one quarterback. Chris Sims has called a bunch of crazy stuff in the past, so I respect his <laughs> opinion. Um, you know, but Trevor Lawrence is a once in a lifetime. <laughs> 
type of athlete and quarterback, in my opinion, who can do pretty much anything that you ask of him. So I like that. But, you know, just looking at taking a look at a couple of Zach Wilson's weaknesses here. Um, you know, he, he's kind of been hit with that one year wonder tag. There was a bunch of talk um, from 2019 to 2020, his previous two seasons that he was, you know, more of a game manager. And, you know, we needed to see him kind of explode and be a difference maker mm -hmm. on the football field. And that's what he did this past season. So is that so that's one of the things that's going to be coming up a lot through this whole draft process, though, matter who it is. I mean, you can look at Christian Darisaw of Virginia Tech, you know, um, he just kind of popped up on the scene. And now he's going to be a middle round, first round draft pick, most likely. So um, we'll see. Um, Zach, another thing it points out there is um, his poor football character. I think that's just because he's a very um, competitive guy and, you know, he kind of will shove it in your face sometimes, but that happens a lot in the NFL. Um, he needs to work on getting, you know, through his progressions quicker. His accuracy suffers when he's being, you know, pressured or blitzed. But if he can get outside the pocket, he can usually make a pretty accurate throw. I mean, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, too, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there are any red flags. But, I mean, if you look at one thing, I don't think it matters too much. Which he really doesn't have an elite, like this body frame that really wows you as an NFL quarterback. Um, mm -hmm. That's certainly not going to make the Jaguars overlook. I mean, I would hope not, but... Yeah, I mean, in terms of that, I don't really see that as his glaring weakness, but I don't know if that, you know, kind of played into a small factor of Chris Sims' reasoning or he looked at Zach Wilson's ceiling um, or the team that Trevor Lawrence is going to. I, in my opinion, if the Jags play their cards right, insane amount of draft capital, tons of caps. I think they have the most cap space in the NFL. They could be competitive in the next two years. They could be. I think they could be competitive. Maybe not make the playoffs next season, but they could still be competitive if they play their cards right and have a smart offseason. Because you look at the Titans' defense; they have a strong offense with Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry that they just paid. Their defense is probably their defense. I want to say was bottom five, bottom seven in the NFL, um, and they struggle immensely up front. And I personally think it's the Colts' division to lose. The Texans are a dumpster fire. So, I mean, the division that they're in, I think the Jags, I think all eyes are pointing really, really bright for the Jags' future. Yeah, it's, that's a good, uh, good point. So, I, I do like that. And we're going to keep things moving here because um, we got, you know, players to talk about other than, you know, just the quarterbacks at the top of the board. And we're going to see at number three, um, the Miami Dolphins take Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama, first wide receiver off the board. Um, joining Tua again. Um, so it's going to be interesting for Miami. Number four, the Falcons take their quarterback in the future, Justin Fields. At five, the Bengals take offensive tackle from Oregon, Panay Sewell, who is a perfect fit, in my opinion, with the way that we saw um, Burrow go out last season. So with that being said, I will let you take it away with our next guy on the list here. And that's going to be Kyle Pitts, tight end slash wide receiver. I put slash wide receiver on here out of Florida um, to the Eagles at six. This is an interesting pick, and I feel like I saw a statistic on this uh, like uh, like this week. Um, the last time we've had like two power tight ends at least taken in the first round, or like a, a team like the Eagles taking Kyle Pitts to pair with Dallas Goddard, uh, because we talked about this earlier. I think Zach Ertz is going to be on the move. It's looking very likely that his time in Philadelphia mm -hmm. will probably come to an end. Um, I. I like him on the Jags, but I don't think the Jags should give up any draft capital to trade for Ertz. Um, but this is a very, very interesting one to have. I mean, Alshon Jeffries cut. 
They need wide receivers. I've seen a lot of um, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. I would personally, if I'm the Eagles if, and I have both those guys on the board, I'm definitely taking Jamar Chase. You already have a small, speedy receiver in Jalen Rager. You don't have you don't have a lot of talent outside of Jalen Rager. I want to say Travis Fulgham was only there till the end of the season. Um, and you bring in a guy like Kyle Pitts who can not only be your playmaker as a tight end, but you can line him up on the outside. So this dude is a versatile playmaker. We talked about his blocking. His weight has been a bit of a, a bit of a concern, um, but I mean, over last off season and into the season, um, it's begun to come. It, it started to become a lot less of a concern because he's definitely, you know, bulked up a bit and um, put on a ton of muscle throughout the season and even throughout throughout the past off season. So I like this pick. Really a wild card pick because I think they could go other ways. I think they should go other ways, but this would be a really, really interesting pick for the Eagles. Yeah, it would be interesting. Remember, guys, we're talking about this like there are no trades right now. So, you know, there's plenty of player of teams that would like to probably jump into the sixth spot right where the Eagles are sitting here. Um, so with that being said, I like this pick a lot. Um, I think it's a weapon for what the Eagles and they like to do, use two tight end sets. Um, I think Ertz is gone. Like I mentioned earlier, you and I both agreed on that when we were having conversations beforehand. Um, and I think him and Goddard mixed together and even just playing Kyle Pitts on the outside and, and you know, um, having Goddard there on the, on the line is perfect. So um, like you said, um, Jesse's chiming in here saying if they're going with offense, don't think Philadelphia can pass up on Chase or another wide receiver one at six. Can they? That's the whole point is like, can they? But then you think about the Ertz thing and you can have, double you know you can get two for one pretty much you can get a tight end and wide receiver you can play him on the line you can play him outside as well and he becomes just a mismatch weapon um no matter where he's at on the field and that's the biggest thing about him i mean he's 6'6 246 probably gonna grow more once he gets into an nfl program um athletic fast separates very easily off of defenders um runs by dbs that we've seen him do all year so um there's great things to love about him and the one biggest non-factor for kyle pitts here is that he just doesn't block well. Um, he, he is not known as a blocker. He didn't show that at Florida a whole lot. He showed he was okay at it, but you know when it comes to every single down in the NFL, you need to be, re be ready for that. So um, seeing him go this high when he's not really a blocking tight end as a tight end in a draft is pretty shocking. But the things that a guy can do out in the flats or you know running routes and being able to catch the ball and you know, using his speed as well as his size against you know smaller opponents on the defensive side of the ball is what makes him the perfect weapon and why he probably deserves to be inside the top 10. Oh, definitely. I think he's a top 10 prospect. Do I think he's solidified top 10? Not necessarily. Cause I mean, we could see, we could see a good amount of trades happening in the top 10. Like you just mentioned the five or six spot could be a potential place where, um, you know, teams trade up for a quarterback, like a trade Lance. I know you have him at eight. Um, I've seen Mac Jones at eight to the Panthers. Um, even a Justin Fields, I know you just put him at four, but, um, I saw a mock today or I wanted, it might've been yesterday, um, where the Bengals traded down. I think the Bengals can trade down if Sewell's off the board and they can still grab Slater in the top 10. I still think Slater's a top 10 prospect in this draft. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts, very interesting pick here. Yeah, it's interesting because, like Jesse was saying, he doesn't think that, you know, the Eagles could pass up on a Jamar Chase. And then here at number seven, we have Jamar Chase sitting. Um, it's interesting to see that he has fallen all the way seven. Um, it was hard for me to drop him that far because I keep wanting to take him. 
um, just because he is a special talent, even though we didn't get to see him this season. And Devontae Smith being the first wide receiver taken off the board. Um, he's 6'1", 200 pounds, prototypical guy, LSU wide receiver. Um, they just somehow breed them down there. They're just really good at it. And um, he is just a playmaker, number one wide receiver on a passing offense. Um, another mismatch weapon. Got a great nose for the end zone. Um, second gear speed when he gets out in the open field. There's a lot to like about Jamar Chase. He's very elusive, has great vision, um, has late hands. So if the ball is on him, he can catch the ball late. Uh, there's lots to love about him. And he's got upside too, because he is still a young cat. So weaknesses, um, he's decent, not great height. So he's all right. Um, what is he going to look like coming off of sitting out this season? Is he going to be able to show up in shape or not? Um, there's some minor character concerns. I'm not sure what they are. And then, um, you know, a lot of season reps. So he's, he's had a lot of time on him over his course of his career and moving into the NFL, you kind of want somebody who doesn't, you know, get the ball all that often because you're overutilized too much. So, um, what are your thoughts on Jamar Chase here at Lions? I know there's some things going on with their organization as well. Yeah, I think a wide receiver makes sense. I'm wondering if they, because I mean, Kenny Gallaudet, if they're smart, they keep him. Although, if I'm Kenny Gallaudet, I would want out of Detroit as soon as possible. Um, I mean, they don't really have anyone extremely talented other than Kenny Gallaudet that's up that they can tag. So, Kenny Gallaudet is a possible franchise tag opportunity. I don't, I haven't heard anything about the Lions lately. And you know, Jamar, Jamar Chase, technique, speed power and you've seen him like bully through like these defenders like it's nothing um mm -hmm. and i mean if, if kenny galladay i think this will definitely be the case if kenny galladay is gone because I, I think marvin jones is for sure gone and marvin jones was heating up during trade deadline talks um the lions did just sign tyrell williams today honestly it was one it was only a one year but i want to say they gave him like six million dollars or so um uh, you know I mean, that that's one of those guys that's he's a rental they rented their they drafted Quintez Cephas fifth round. Um, doesn't have this elite speed, but an unbelievable amount of athleticism. I think he could turn into a, one of those steel steel of a draft wide receivers from the 2020 class. Um, but and we saw a good amount of Quintez Cephas this year, so we could def or last season, but we could definitely see him work his way up. Um, but I think Jamar Chase would make sense um, if they decide they want to, you know. Build, have Jamar Chase be that franchise guy. Or I can also see Micah Parsons. I'm a little bit confused why Micah Parsons keeps falling. I've read it's a, quite a bit of character issues. I don't know if that's one of the bigger parts or if there's more to that, but Jamar Chase makes sense as well. Yeah, and let's not forget the Lions have a new quarterback as well in Jared Goff. Um, so they are probably flipping a whole new offense. They got a whole new head coach. So pretty much the same thing we we're talking about with the Jets pertains here as well. Um, so I don't know what you're going to get out of that team, to be honest with you. Like, what are they going to try and, excuse me, try and do with Jared Goff? Jared Goff has to be in a perfect system that will benefit him because if not, then we've seen that Jared Goff and he's not that great. He's okay, but he's not that great. And the Lions, in my opinion, might be one of the worst teams in the NFL come next season, um, just based on the fact of a combination <laughs> yeah. of things. So I think you, you probably agree with me there. Um, but, you know, if they're going in this direction where they want to, have a different offense than what Stafford was able to do. And they're going to be trying able to, you know, change it in some ways. I don't see a problem in hurting to get a smaller guy or a smaller wide receiver, like a Jabbar chase here in this situation, because that fits a Jared Goff type. I mean, you look at the wide receivers that he had 
with LA. They weren't necessarily big dudes. You know, they were at the Robert Woods of the world. Um, he had Cooper cup, not necessarily an oversized guy. So um, those, those wide receivers there, it just fits the style that Jared Goff is used to. Um, so we'll see if that's something that Detroit is trying to tap into here when it comes to the draft. And we'll continue on here, guys. Uh, at number eight, we have the Panthers taking quarterback at Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State University. It's obvious to everybody that the Panthers are going for a quarterback at some point, whether they're going to try and move up, get one, move back. We're not quite sure whether that's trading for one in a Deshaun Watson or not. We'll see. Um, but right here, we have them taking Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. Number nine, we have the Broncos taking Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech who um, the Broncos really need help with their, their secondary, especially in, on the corner. So Caleb Farley, first corner off the board. We'll move down to the next page, guys. And this is when we come into our next highlighted player after the Cowboys take Rashawn Slater off of the tackle out of Northwestern. And the Giants take Micah Parsons, who you were wondering why he was slipping so much. Down here at 11, linebacker out of Penn State to the Giants. And so I'll let you take it away with our number 12 pick in the 49ers, taking Patrick Sertain the second out of Bama. Yeah, this is another one, and I feel like I might have looked this up before. I don't know why he's dropping. Um, I think Pat Sertain is absolutely a solidified top 10 talented prospect in this draft. So I think if the nine, I've seen him fall to 16 with the Cardinals. If the Niners can get Pat Sertain at 12, I think that would be a steal. They have Richard Sherman up. You got Richard, you got Jason Verrett, you know, a, nom, or a candidate for comeback player of the year. Um, this past season. And then you got Pat Sertain on the other side, a guy that, you know, excels like Jamar Chase on the offensive side of the ball. This dude does the same thing on the offensive side or on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, Jason Verrett, Pat Sertain would be a really, really nice duo. And the NFC West is only getting stronger. Yeah. I mean, he's got great length, great, great athleticism for him to fall the way to 12th is a blessing for the 49ers. They can only hope that this happens for them because they are in desperate need of cornerback help after the amount of guys they're probably about to lose, whether that's free agency retirement, maybe for one or two um, they're they need to get younger on that side of the ball. They need some talent on that side of the ball. Um, and I don't know if, you know, Patrick retains perfect fit, but he's a good, a good, overall corner you know um the only problems with it is he mainly plays on the outside so he doesn't cover inside maybe he will learn that as he gets more involved into the nfl you know the way the nfl defenses are run um he has change of direction problems but other than that like i said before excellent height um superb length good weight strength uh straight line speed he's very instinctive but he's not twitchy um good tackler and um he's starting to take the ball away he's been you know targeted many times because people like to test him and, you know, he turned the ball over. He creates turnovers. He's a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I think that's what the 49ers are kind of missing. You need to be able to have somebody on that side of the ball who can get a stop um, for you so you can get the ball back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe not Jimmy Garoppolo come the future, but get the ball back to Jimmy Garoppolo and the offense that usually went fully healthy can run at a very, very quick pace. Yeah, I mean, a healthy 49ers team, I would not be so certain to say this division is the Rams to lose. Yes, the Rams got stronger. Um, pretty solid replacement uh, from Brandon Staley, or for Brandon Staley. They picked up Raheem Morris, or hired Raheem Morris um, to replace Staley. Um, I want to say Troy Hill is up. I, don't, I haven't heard any rumors of him coming back to L.A. for the Rams, but you know, a healthy 49ers team can absolutely give this team 
um, give this Rams team a run for their money. And the Cardinals just have a, the Cardinals are now going to probably have the strongest edge rush in the NFC West. JJ Watt on one side and Chandler Jones on the other. And I don't think they're contending quite yet. They need they need secondary help bad, which means Seattle Seahawks will be taking last place, in my opinion. Right, which is crazy. Which, if you're thinking of your Seahawks, how difficult that is going to be? Do you try and trade Russell Wilson for some draft capital and you know make that move? Honestly, like if I'm if I'm Seattle, I'm doing everything I can to keep Wilson because he's the entire reason why they're so good. They traded for Jadavian Clowney. They should have locked him down, and they didn't lock him down. And he went to Tennessee, didn't really do a ton, and now he's up because they only signed him to a one-year deal. They traded for Jamal Adams, who I want to say Jamal Adams is up. Um, I want to say he played through the last year of his rookie deal. Um, they need to keep Carlos Dunlap. I think I don't remember if he's up or not um, because as soon as they – I mean, they, their edge rusher problem was a much greater concern than their safety because Bradley McDougal really was not that bad. Um, and as soon as they brought in Car- Carlos Dunlap at the trade deadline, you saw how much of an impact he made. Um, so I think I, – I don't know if he's up or not, um, but I, he might be. And they need to do everything they can to keep him. Yes, they do. And we're going to keep it moving here, man. Um, we're moving along here. Um, let me go ahead and bring up the document for you guys. At 13, we have the Los Angeles Chargers taking Elijah Vera Tucker, <coughs> offensive lineman out of USC. So Elijah Vera Tucker has played both guard and uh, offensive tackle in his career. So I think that's a good fit for the Chargers there, um, especially since you know you have one injury on the offensive line. You may be able to have a backup that's a tackle who might be a bit better and serviceable at a tackle position and slide over Elijah Vera Tucker into a guard position if need be. He can play all over the offensive line, which is a great versatility to have um, out of USC's good guy. At 14, we have the Vikings taking Quiddy Pay, another guy that we originally had in one of our previous mock drafts higher than 14 to the Vikings, um, edge out of Michigan. So I think that helps the Vikings tremendously as well. They need help on their defensive line, especially getting to the quarterback, not being able to put pressure and uh, as well as stopping the running. Quiddy Pay is just kind of a re- very well-balanced player for them. And then our next highlighted player here, guys, is going to be the Patriots taking a wide receiver out of Alabama and Jalen Waddle. What do you think about um, Bill Belichick going to the wide receiver here in the first round, or mid-first round too, not late? So I like it a lot, and I know you were a fan of Kyle Pitts to this team. Um, I, I, I really think Kyle Pitts could fluctuate into the top 20. Um, like I mentioned last week, the picks 11 through 20 are going to be very interesting because there's so many teams like the Patriots, like the Chargers, Bears, even the Cardinals now that could take so many approaches as to how they're going to start this draft. Um, I mean, the Cardinals could even trade down. I sent out a poll earlier today. I haven't got the chance to look at it. Um, the Cardinals only have five draft picks, so they could easily trade down uh, for more draft capital. But Nikhil Harry is to the point where – he can be considered a bust, um, and which is which really sucks because he had so much potential, but then he went through a ton of concussions. He couldn't stay healthy. Julian Edelman's washed. They don't have a reliable tight end they can rely on, and you know I think that's where teams or that's where players like David and Joku now are going to heat up and trade talks um, because, like I mentioned before, we went on the air. Um, Kyle Rudolph got cut yesterday by the Vikings. He's rumored to reunite with Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns. Um, and Jared Cook got cut today. 
Josh Hill. You know, tight ends on the market, because this is not a deep tight end class at all. We could see Pat Frymouth, you know, in the second round of the Patriots, but Jalen Waddle comes in, he's their wide receiver one because Julian Julian Edelman in his prime, yes, he's a very, very good receiver, but he is well out of his prime. Um, and he might even be up after next season. Um, so I mean, when I think when his contract's up, he's gonna retire. And um if he doesn't retire, I don't see the Patriots keeping him because I think the Patriots are going to want a um, – they're going to want to go younger. And I think a team like – or a, it, it'll be interesting too is will the Patriots take a quarterback with this pick? Um, Cam Newton's up, and Mariota I think is going to get some big trade talks. I think the Niners need to cut Garoppolo, and he needs to go revive his career in New England. They need to trade their capital to get Deshaun Watson, although I'm not so sure he's going to play a snap of football. Uh, but Jalen Waddle is a combination of size, speed, athleticism. I think he's everything you want, if not more, than Devontae Smith. Um, I think Jalen Waddle has such a promising career. Um, plus, you bring him you bring him on a team with that is going young. You bring him on a team that he's, he gets to work with Bill Belichick. He gets to, he gets to work with Julian Edelman. Like, yes, Julian Edelman is watched. But Julian Edelman had an elite career. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Sam. You and I have both been higher on Jalen Waddle furthering his NFL career than Devontae Smith. There are questions about his size, but I mean, if nobody's talking about Devontae Smith's size as much anymore as they were to begin with now because of the type of season he had, why are we starting Jalen Waddle's size? We don't need to be. Um, yes, he is only 5'10. Um, could stand on to put on a little bit more weight. But overall, dude's an absolute playmaker with the ball. Um, he's more balanced, in my opinion, than Devontae Smith. Um, he's fat, fast, explosive, first-step quickness, can just separate right off the bat, big play speed, um, dangerous. He's just so dangerous after he catches the ball. Great vision, knows where to go with the ball once he does have it in his hands. Athleticism, he's an experienced guy. He's been with Alabama for a decent amount of time, so you've seen him be able to – and he's been on the field, so that's – what Alabama does, they just consistently do this. They put the guys on the field in playing time to go behind those number one wide receivers and, you know, kind of learn that. And then once they are old enough, they become that Alabama wide receiver and they possess that killer mentality at that position. Is And that's what I see from Jalen Waddle. Give me the ball one time. I'm going to try and take it to the house. And that's kind of what, you know, Bill Belichick has been missing. He doesn't have a wide receiver like that other than not having a quarterback, obviously. That, that would definitely help. Um, but like I said, there's questions about his size. He is kind of raw, um, still has a lot to learn when it comes to things such as, you know, polishing up his route running and things of that nature. But he was the number one overall guy before he got injured this past year. And that was Devontae Smith. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots go this direction with the wide receiver. I like them too, especially with them trying to revamp and rebuild this offense. Um, I think they're going to have to go get a running back too. I just don't think the system that they're using anymore is going to work using four or five guys. Um, you need to stick with maybe two or three and build your team outside elsewhere from there. Um, but I really like Jalen model here. Like I said before, I think he's going to have a longer career than um, Devonte Smith does. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be a perfect match made in heaven. And not to mention, you said you getting to learn and under Julian Edelman, that's, that's a fantastic thing. And before we go on to, I mean, you, you mentioned, I was just going to say this too, before Jalen Waddle's injury, my issue with Devontae Smith is it's not that I don't think he, I don't, he's not going to be a bust by any means. 
And there are, you know, circumstances where size doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but I mean, if you look at the list of guys that are, you know, under 180, it's not an overly impressive list. Yes, Tyreek Hill's on there. I personally wouldn't put Will Fuller on there, a guy that can't really stay healthy. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. I just can't remember who it was. Um, I mean, Chad Ochocinco, Mario Manningham, but like, yes, those are elite players. But you get after those names, you go down to guys like the Travis Benjamins and way down. My issue with this is what if Jalen Waddle never got hurt? And exactly like you said, Caleb, before Waddle got hurt, he was the best receiver. He was playing like the best receiver in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've seen him. We've seen him with his speed. I mean, he's there's times where he's, you know, the yards after the catch machine is, you know, catching the ball and he's got like three guys on him and he uses his elite speed to, you know, create that elite separation. I mean, th- this dude, I think, is going to have a very, very special and elite career in the NFL eventually, eventually. And what better player to learn from than Julian Edelman? Yeah, you can't really ask for much more and then going to play for Bill Belichick. Um, let's hope he's mature enough to be able to handle that because it is a different way of going about coaching. Um, but you're at Alabama with Nick Saban, so I don't see that being an issue. And then moving along here, we've got the Cardinals taking J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. And then our next guy up here is going to be Jalen Phillips, edge out of Miami. The first edge from Miami off the board here to the Raiders over there in Las Vegas. Your initial thoughts on this monstrous ended up being a transfer from UCLA, highly ranked high school prospect as well. What are your thoughts on the Raiders taking Jalen Phillips at 17, Sam? It seems very adamant that the Raiders are going to pick a guy that up front because that's where they desperately need help. Um, and Jalen Phillips is really nice. I've Cody, I've seen Cody pay. I've seen the Gregory Russo. Um, I totally forgot where you put Gregory Russo, but um, we'll see in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But you know, um, Phillips is six, five, two fifty eight. He's a combination of size, athleticism and explosiveness. And, you know, there's certain players like with the opt-outs of some guys, Gregory Russo opted out, that helped Jalen Phillips. Jamar Chase opted out, that helped Terrace Marshall Jr., which we'll get to. Um, but, you know, I mean, you know, some of Phillips' stats throughout the season might not wow you, but there's certain people I know that are, you know, breathe on stats over talent. But I think Jalen Phillips could have a very promising career. Um, and to me, I think this would be a total Mike Mayock pick. Um, we, I mean, if you look at two years ago, the first Mike Mayock's first draft, he picked Cleveland Farrell at, was it four? Yeah. He was in the top five. I to yeah, say he, he was definitely pick. right around there. And last year, he picked Ruggs. I Yes, I'm surprised. I'm kind of I'm a bit surprised that Ruggs was taken before Judy because it should have been Judy. But Henry Ruggs to me is a total Mike Mayock pick, and John Gruden loves speed. And another pick later in that round was Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. So Mike Mayock, I think, reaches for these players. I don't think Jalen Phillips is necessarily going to be a reach, but I think Mike Mayock reaches on these players. Hopefully they're going to he banks on these players, I should say. And hopefully they're going to turn out to be these, you know, instant playmakers and draft gems. 
um, of these or steals, I should say, not gems, um, steals of their draft. Um, and I think Jalen Phillips, I think they need help on the edge. And, you know, with Russo hurt, we've said this time and time again, we're seeing multiple edge rushers come out. Um, and we, we were big on Quincy Roche coming into the season. Mm-hmm. And you know, the big guy that everyone was looking at was Quincy Roche, his matchup with Darisaw, which we talked about last week. Um, and, you know, he was kind of on and off. He didn't really take that big leap. I think he could fall as low as the third round. And, um, you know, Jalen Phillips is the guy that, you know, came out on top. And Jalen Phillips, I think, very well could be a first-round selection. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously Russo opted out of the season, so Quincy Roche was supposed to be that guy, the, ter- the transfer from Temple. And now we're talking about Jalen Phillips being the guy for them. Um, the one thing that he does lack a little bit here is that, you know, he needs to refine his pass moves a little bit more. He doesn't have a whole lot in his bag per se, um, but he is fast off the edge. He's agile, knows how to get around, great vision, excellent motor, instinctive um, ability to shed blocks with his active hands. He's overall a great, whatever he was like, what his hype was coming out of high school, going into UCLA, eventually obviously transferring to Miami was what he did this past season. So that's another one of these guys that brings in the question, why is it just this one season? You know, why couldn't you do this at UCLA? But then you look at the system they're in, the coaching they were able to receive, and you start, you know, putting things together and things of that nature. Not necessarily saying that's the the thing here that's going on or what's happening with this situation, but um, I like Jalen Phillips. He's, he's going to be a pretty decent defensive end in the NFL. I don't think it will be every down, you know, to start his career, but I think he has the promise to be able to do so moving forward. And- that I'm gonna share the screen back with you guys. Give me one second. I don't know where it went. Um, there we go. After that, we have the Dolphins at number 18, taking linebacker out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and this is somebody you've been very high on, Sam. <clears throat> yeah, and I think this pick makes a lot of sense now. I think it makes even more sense than it already did. You know, as we heard the news yesterday, the Dolphins cut Kyle Van Noy. And even him himself, Van Noy himself, was even surprised about that because, you know, for the short amount of time that he was with Miami, he turned into that leader in that locker room. Um, And I think, you know, his character, I think, is going to get him picked up, um, you know, sooner rather than later. But, you know, Koromoa, I – I love his versatility. Um, I love his athleticism too. And and, and I want to say a guy on Twitter was saying that he's a – he said he's a top 10 prospect and you can't convince me otherwise – um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's extremely high. And I think Koromoa has the chance outside of Micah Parsons to have the best career outside, outside of Micah Parsons to have the best career of, out of the rest of these linebackers in this draft. And you, they need a guy, they need a true linebacker to build around. Um, they have Van Ginkle, who's really not their guy. They had Vince Beagle. They had, um, Van Noy that they just cut. Koromoa comes in and starts right away. And if you watch him at Notre Dame, he's a guy that, you know, has unbelievable, like elite vision. He can make plays from all over the field. And I think that's exactly what Miami needs. They need another playmaker um, on their defense more than just their guys on their secondary, like a guy like Xavier Howard. Um, not Not a huge season from Byron Jones, but, you know, they, they built their secondary with Byron Jones and 
Xavier Howard as their two corners. And now they need to build it on top even more. Because to me, when they signed Kyle Van Noy at first, I was, yeah, it was all right. But I think Koromoa can really, really come in and be that guy of their future. Yeah, the big thing with Corbeau here is that he, there's been a lot of talk that he's undersized, has looks more like a strong safety, you know, might have trouble or have issues when it comes to tackling in the NFL because of that. But then I go on Twitter and I watch the film, and I watch the film all, that he's had and the highlights he's put on. He is just a monster. So a lot of the comparisons I'm seeing have mentions of a man, not necessarily off the field, but a man on the field that wrecked havoc like Telvin Smith and that's kind of a comparison that a lot of people are making right now and I can totally see it um quick twitch energy guy's gonna and as soon as the ball is supposed to be where it's at he's right there to make the hit as well there's a huge highlight of Koromoa blowing up one of my seminoles once they caught the ball and he just destroyed and put him straight into the dirt um so this kid is just ridiculously well reads what reads the routes well athletic open field tackler um just he sniffed the football is what I like to say. This guy can just smell it. He's one of those guys that as soon as the football, like I said, is there, he's going to be right there to take it on that battle, whether that's a tackle or trying to turn the ball over and strip it. Yeah. I mean, took the words right out of my mouth, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to say something. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, good. We'll move on here to the Redskins at 19 and they're going to be taking quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama. Yeah. And I think the conversation that I've heard a, a little bit now, I've had it with my cousin, is, you know, who's the QB4? Is it Mac Jones or is it Trey Lance? And my issue with Mac Jones, I'm very curious to see what where Mac Jones goes to a team or what happens with Mac Jones, how he does. If he goes to a team that has, you know, no weapons at all. I like the Saints. I like Washington, but they don't have a ton of targets. They have Terry McLaurin and they have Logan Thomas, um, but they have a severe quarterback issue. I think Alex Smith is done. Um, I think they, I think they cut, they cut Alex Smith, um, and they re-signed Taylor Heineke. Um, so I mean, drafting Mac Jones wouldn't be the worst at all. Um, I, my friend said this to me like last week, and I love it. Dak Prescott um, to the Washington Football Team, but. Um, I think the report that came out or today or yesterday. Something. That yeah. Would be something. Yeah. <laughs> There's a report that came out today or yesterday too that you know they were um, working towards a deal, and there it sounds like the talks of the Dak re-signing in Dallas right now are very promising, and I think they're going to give him. He's going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. I think they're going to have no choice. Does he deserve to get paid? Yes, but does he deserve to get paid what he's going to get paid? No, I think one of you guys put in the chat the other day that, I mean, that he was rumored to get over $100 million, like guaranteed money. Uh, but, I mean, some people might think that Mac Jones at 19 is probably less of a reach now. I've always said that Mac Jones at 19 for the Washington football team is a reach. But, and I want to say it was a Jalen Waddle that came out and said like last week that he'd rather have Mac Jones because I think people are putting it out to be that Mac Jones is better than Tua. Because I think Tua is the best quarterback to ever come out of Alabama. Um, but if Mac Jones, coming in as a senior, there's a pic. I mean, the picture of him went viral. I mean, it was uh, it was him like his freshman year uh, when he won the championship uh, with a cigar in his mouth or something like that. And 
and then you really you really see his like you really see him mature you know throughout those next three years and I look the same way I look at him and like his character I look at Jalen Hurts if you look at guys and I feel like we've definitely talked about this before too is if you look at guys that you know get benched they immediately say I'm transferring even Chase Bryce but I mean that's Chase Bryce is nowhere near the level of what these guys are but um Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts was benched for Tua Jalen Hurts did immediately you know accepted his role on the team played out the season and and then finally transferred to Oklahoma. He was not a guy that said, oh, I'm transferring as soon as I get benched for this guy, uh, for Tua. So I think Mac Jones' character um, and his ability, what's his the pocket awareness, I should say, um, I think it's going to help them a lot. And I think if, 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 if they decide to go with a quarterback in the draft with you, and you have all these guys gone in your mock with the first four, I think Mac Jones would be a very, very nice pick. Yeah, I like Mac Jones here. Redskins, Ron Rivera is a good head coach. Um, there's a couple of knocks for, excuse me, for Mac Jones. Um, and that doesn't very, you know, move around very well. Um, not, I mean, he can move around, but, you know, he's not a running threat. He's not going right. to hit you with his legs or anything like that. And then, you know, he might only be a game manager type quarterback. So is that what you want? Or do you want somebody who's going to be able to make a game changing play for you? And that's kind of a question mark that comes up with Mac Jones. Other than that, um, guy is a true leader on and off the field. He's smart, an accurate passer, has great composure in the pocket, great field position um, or field, excuse me, vision, um, you know, a quick decision maker, like I said. Uh, knows how to read defenses very well, good timing, um, knows how to throw the ball before it needs to be there. So, you know, the anticipation factor when it comes to the NFL is huge. Um, moves eyes through his progressions fairly fast. Intangibles are great as well you know just very prototypical quarterback when you think of his his motions his his range of motion as well when it comes to throwing the football so i don't think it's a wrong choice at all and i think it would fit a washington redskin team that's just trying to look for a little bit of offense you don't have to do much for them because their defense is that good so you know they'll be able to build on that defense as well in this draft but you know be able to have a formidable offense and you'll be okay and, yeah, and sorry, um, no, I was going to say, I mean, they re-signed Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Um, so, I mean, they can always draft Mac Jones and, you know, not really solidify himself as this day one starter because Taylor Heineke deserved to get re-signed. I don't think he's, he have, I don't think he's done enough to be this QB one for an NFL football team yet. Mm -hmm. um, but they could draft Mac Jones and, you know, have him come in and compete for that starting job. And they might have Taylor Heineke be, be their week one starter. Um, but, you know, as they get later on in the weeks, because I, to me, I think that's what will happen. If, what Because I think Mac Jones should sit a year. But if you're going into a situation where the Washington doesn't have a veteran quarterback now because they cut Alex Smith, they re-signed Heineke. Um, you bring Mac Jones in to come in and compete. You, may, you make Heineke your week one starter. And then you put Mac Jones in when Heineke struggles. Um, that's mm -hmm. the way I see it. I see Mac Jones potentially in that starting role before the end of that season. Yeah, I like it. I think that's a good a good way to go about it. One, two, somebody struggling, throw the other in there. Um, we'll keep it moving here because we don't have a lot of time left. Bears taking Christian Darisaw, offensive take, tackle out of Virginia Tech. Colts taking Tyson Campbell, corner out of Georgia. Um, <clears throat> nice fit there. Titans taking an edge, that which they – 
need direly um, with their play this past season. Jets at 23, taking Rashad Bateman, getting Zach Wilson, a wide receiver weapon, to go along with Jameson Crowder, wide receiver out of Minnesota. And then at 24 here, we have the Steelers taking an offensive tackle and Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I think alignment is huge for this team. Um, and, you know, they're letting James Conner walk too. So, um, I mean, the the running back situation for a lot of these teams is going to be very interesting. Um I like I like offensive tackles that have the speed and you know play to the whistle and no matter where the play is if the play is on the opposite side of the field you have a guy like Tevin Jenkins coming in and you know working his way in as a rotational guy um, as a depth piece his rookie season and potentially you know playing his way up into that starting role um, in his second year potentially in his in his rookie year throughout the season depending on how he plays depending on um, injuries, how injuries par, um, or play out. But, um, I, I like Tevin Jenkins a lot and there's a reason he's rising. Um, I mean, I think his, I think teams are going to fall in love with a tackle that, you know, not yes, a big, a mountain tackle, a big body guy, but he's a guy that, you know, has a really, really nice amount of speed for his size. Yeah. And we were just talking about him, um, <laughs> very well in the run game kind of sprung, uh, Chuba Hubbard, you know, for mm-hmm. a lot of his runs this, not this past season, but the season before. Um, so he's a good run blocker as well as a decent and above average almost um, tackle in the pass blocking game too. Big guy, um, like you said, fights to the whistle. And I think that's perfect for the Steelers offense, especially when you're trying to keep Big Ben clean, if that's who you're going to go with, you know, for a couple more years or so, however long until Big Ben falls apart or, but that'll never happen. So um, we'll keep it moving because there's a couple of teams that I want to get into. Um, number 25, we got the Jags taking Jalen Mayfield attack. Browns at 26, Larry Edge out of Georgia. 27, the Ravens taking Xavier Collins, defensive end linebacker out of Tulsa, who I am very high on. And then we have the Saints taking a safety out of TCU and Trevon Morig at number 28. If we can make this quick since I know we don't have too much time left, but um, I think Marshawn Lattimore has turned into a cut candidate. So I think, I think the versatility of Trayvon Morey would make a lot of sense for the Saints. Well, it's not only that either, but Malcolm Jenkins has been getting picked on and picked on yep. and picked on and picked on mm-hmm. uh, by every opposing quarterback, no matter who it is or how good they are. They like to pick on Malcolm maybe, Jenkins. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, thank you. It could be. And so um, I see that being the problem here. <clears throat> it could be a, a great replacement. This The safeties at TCU are something not to be messed with. This is obviously the first one off the board here in Travis Bowerick. Or, yeah, we've been talking about him all season long. You and I have throughout this whole process. Um, so I really like him there to the Saints at 28. And then your team right here at 29, the Packers are going to take a wide receiver out of LSU, and that's Terrence Marshall Jr. So Alan Lazard's up. He's a restricted free agent, as well as Robert Tanyan. The Packers did interview Brevin Jordan, as well as Tevin Jenkins, who we just we just mentioned. Um if, I, if I'm picking the order of this, Devin White is a true example of how much a linebacker matters. I want Cormoa if he's there. I think it'd be an absolute steal. Zayvon <laughs> Collins would be nice, or you pick a guy in the, or you pick a guy like Greg Newsom, who's been a draft riser in, from Northwestern, um, who also met virtually with the Packers, and you pick up a guy like Chester out from North Carolina in the second round. Um, I think, I think a receiver makes sense. I've seen a lot of Kadarius Tony at 29 because the Packers need a true slot wide receiver. 
Um, but we have – I think that I think this pick will make even more sense if we decide to let Lazard walk because it's looking like the Packers might even tag Aaron Jones, which means Jamal Williams is probably gone. Um, I, I think there's so much time before the draft. Like, yes, we're like a month and a half away, but that is so much time. So much could change with the Packers roster. As of right now, it looks like we might not even have Corey Lindsley. The Packers are even one of those teams at 29, and we could have so many different approaches. A receiver could make sense depending on what the team looks like and if, or what our receiver room looks like. And, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr., this guy could even be considered maybe a one-year wonder. I mean, like, Jamar Chase had the entire spotlight last year um, and Justin Jefferson. So, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr. was that third guy. And, you know, he, he showed that he could be – he could he was capable of handling that workload. He comes in, let's say they draft him, he's their third guy because I think MVS is going to be their second guy. And I think Marshall yeah. has the talent to potentially, you know, compete his way up into the second role. Yeah, definitely. And I think you said you would have rather had a, a true slot guy, and Terrence Marsh wasn't necessarily that. He's not a twitchy right. guy. So I think that's why you're seeing more Tonys. I just like Terrence Marshall a lot. I think he's got a ton of upside because of he's only had that one year really starting experience as the number one guy. Um, right. So he has room to grow, um, and he's just a physical threat. Um, go up and get it, type wide receiver, 6'4", monster body. Um, <clears throat> you know, what he doesn't make, what he doesn't, you know, do in terms of being twitchy fast in and out of his breaks. He makes up for tracking the ball at its highest point, becoming a red zone weapon has great size. And it's just a mismatch on the outside when it comes to players in mind, obviously not to this level, but a DK Metcalf type of player who likes to go up, get the ball. You can provide mismatches up and down the field in the red zone, especially. Um, and I like, you know, I like you're saying the Packers need linebacker help because they obviously do. They need somebody to get in there and stop the run. And that has not been happening this year or the past year even, you know, so um, I just think wide receivers, there's got, you got to get help outside of Devontae Adams, you know, MVS and, and Alan Lazard can only do so much. And I think you just said Lazard's probably up and probably not going to be there or somebody is not going to. So I like them taking a wide receiver here um, at the number, what is it? 29. <clears throat> Moving on here, I think we just got one more player that we're going to highlight. That is true. And at number 30, we have the Bills taking a defensive lineman out of Christian Barmore, mainly because they need help stopping the run. Um, over, other than that, they're, they're a pretty well-balanced, well-rounded team. At 31, the Chiefs take Wyatt Davis, offensive line out of Ohio State. Uh, he's probably a guard, I think. Um, can move over to tackle if need be. But the Chiefs <laughs> it obviously showed that when a guy or two goes down on their offensive line, they are going to struggle heavily and we saw that in the super bowl against the bucks and that's where we have our super bowl champions here in the bucks at number 32 taking a defensive lineman out of washington and levy awuzurike this is your team caleb so i'll let you start with this one um so i just want to start by saying here um that the whole reason i personally am taking a pick on a defensive lineman here at 32 for the bucks is because in two is not getting any younger um, you look at Dominican Sue, he's not a, as effective as he was earlier in his career. And I think that's going to provide a little bit of depth issues moving forward. We'll see if he can hold up this next coming season because injuries definitely play a part in that. Um, but Owuzurike, um, absolute beast at the defensive line position, 6'3", 290, quick feet, fires his gap very, very quickly, polished guy. 
um, athletic, strong to stack at the line, which is great if you've got to stack along uh, offensive linemen and be able to figure out which one to get around and be able to utilize their weaknesses. That's amazing. Um, he needs to improve his pass rushing skills, though. Uh, needs to be um, more disruptive than he is productive because he does produce, but he's not necessarily that level of you know being able to make those plays that are needed instead of being just production over and over again. Um, he needs to finish the pass rush. He gets back there, but he hasn't finished as much. He does finish though, um, and he could gain to you know put on a little muscle and pounds here. But I like that especially because you know at 32 pick, that's kind of a steal, especially with you know the hype that he had coming into the season and getting him at 32 late in the first round makes a whole lot of sense. And you compare him with uh, Vita Vea too. That that seems really nasty. Yeah, and if you look at the Bucks defense too. Um, you can tell they're definitely trying to get younger because Levante David is, yeah, other than Adamic and Sue and JPP, Levante David's their oldest guy, but he's only like 31, 32. Everyone else, like their entire secondary, I want to say is under 30. Um, Murphy Bunting has really developed himself into a playmaker. Um, and like you just said, Adamic and Sue's not getting any younger. And Adamic and Sue, I think, is up too. Um, and Vita Vea, you bring in Louis, Levi Wuzereke. This is another guy that opted out. And, you know, Vita, when Vita Vea left for the draft, that was some pretty big shoes to fill at Washington for Levi Wuzereke. Um, maybe he didn't have wowing stats. And like you said, I mean, he's he's got the athleticism. He's got the quickness. I think his pass rush has improved throughout the past, or I guess, Two seasons ago, um, I think I think his ability to you know you know crash through those gaps. I think that's I think that's the run game is where he really is going to excel. Um, I wouldn't say a pass rush is needs severe polishing because we've seen it slowly improve the past or two seasons ago because he opted out. But mm -hmm. um, you know if you have a Washington duo, Vita Vea, you know reuniting with Levi Wuzurik, I think that'd be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think that would be awesome, too. I forgot to mention that. But, um, you know, guys, that has been our version 3.0 of the 2021 NFL mock draft. Um, some interesting thing going on. Um, hopefully, we're, we can set up a time where we can do a full, not a full mock draft, but, you know, maybe a, a one-round, you know, trade, you know, mock draft where we go through everybody and see what we're trying to move around and do. So we're going to try and set that up with a network for you guys. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to doing that. Um, we're also going to pick back up on our player previews or our position previews. Um, so we're going to be heading over to the defensive side of the ball come this next week. Um, you guys look down at the bottom of the screen this whole time watching that ticker go by. Those are all of our sponsors. Um, I don't have enough time to rattle them all off, but anything else you want to say, Sam, before we go ahead and log off? No, I mean, next week, like you said, Caleb, we'll be back tackling the, uh, you know, the defensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. And you can follow Sam at Sam underscore Daring 68 on Twitter. And you can follow me at CHS Nolan. Follow, obviously, Saturday Standouts at Sat Standouts, capital U, capital S, capital N. Also follow the Unwrapped Sports Network on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitch, everywhere you can find your live streaming stuff, guys. We appreciate you coming on here for our third version of the 2021 NFL Mock Draft, guys. We'll be seeing you next week for defensive position previews.